0: It's all connected. This is the RussJohnson.com podcast.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Baby, it is Russ Johnson and it's all connected. It really is at every level, no matter what you do, no matter what you use, it's all connected. And the reason I say it that way is because today we're talking again about DMT. Now, I'm not trying to become the DMT channel, but I have had several conversations lately that has piqued my interest in this area because I already have interest in ayahuasca. And I am told that DMT is ayahuasca in a different form. So before we begin, I want to emphasize the legal considerations surrounding psychedelics. While psychedelics are currently illegal in many jurisdictions, it's worth noting that there have been many significant developments in recent years. Some states, such as Oregon and Colorado, have taken steps to legalize the use of psilocybin mushrooms for therapeutic purposes, taking the same path as marijuana currently is. And even Johns Hopkins has been doing studies on psilocybin, which has tremendous potential for treating PTSD, depression, and even the fear of death itself. Now, I must throw out this disclaimer Psychedelics may not be suitable for everyone and are currently illegal in many jurisdictions and states. I don't promote it, nor do I discourage the use of psychedelics. Individuals contemplating the use of any substances should seek advice from a medical professional or psychiatrist before proceeding. So what is DMT? Let's break it down into simple terms. DMT, short for dimethyltryptamine, is a powerful psychedelic. It's found naturally in some plants and animals, including humans, and it's actually quite common. But when you ingest large amounts of DMT, hold on tight because you're in for a wild ride. It's described like entering a whole new reality where you see things that blow your mind and experience intense visions. People call it the spirit molecule because it can give you some seriously mystical and otherworldly experiences. Well, my guest today, a friend of mine who has done DMT, his name is Neil Wilson, he and I have a unique connection where we used to be co-workers at the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville, Tennessee. And although we didn't have much interaction back then, it's incredible how our paths have intersected once again, this time on a spiritual level. He claims that DMT helped save his life and his marriage after years of being self-centered and depression. So get ready to embark on an enlightening adventure. When I first asked him, how long does it take for DMT to take effect? And he said, oh, about a minute. And then I asked him, what was the emotion? How did it make you feel?
0: At first it was was just like, Am I going to have a heart attack? It's like everything seized all of a sudden.
1: Were you, you were scared?
0: I don't know that I was even scared. I was like, okay, here we go, oh. because I was looking so forward to this. Uh-huh. Um, and I was laying on my back deck in a in a lawn chair, and the sky got super blue, hmm. and I went, wow! And I shut my eyes and laid my head back, and when I did. Like I said, it was like Star Wars when Han says, punch it, Chewie, oh, and everything goes zip and gone.
1: So zip, what happens?
0: Um, at first, darkness, and then all of a sudden, all these different brilliant colors of lights started twinkling on. It was red and blue and green and yellow and... Purple and all that, and then once they twinkled on, they started moving in this pattern. Not all together; they're all
1: how far away were these lights from you?
0: Um, it was like a streetlight's distance. But I also didn't have a. The first thing that struck me was I can't tell if I'm stationary or if I'm floating. Wow. Because I don't have any sense of space anymore. Um, and I, yes, I know how crazy that
1: sounds. No. <laughs> well, it's DMT. I mean, you know, I'm not sure what you would expect other than <clears throat> right. a little bit in hard to swallow what you were experiencing because that's what psychedelics do. But what I mean. What were you feeling in that? You, are you like a, a euphoric there was was there any fear? Was there something in between? What were you feeling?
0: It, it was, it was, I don't have, the first thing that really struck me, you know, and I'm processing things, it, it feels like at a million miles a second, I'm going, am I weightless? Am I floating? Am I flying? Am I lying down? I can't tell. I don't have any sense of self anymore. There was a bit there was a bit of sensory deprivation, except for seeing the dancing lights,
1: okay, so now these these lights dancing around for how long
0: for the duration, mostly wow um, and I started getting the sense that I could not hear it was like a hum that they started to make, but I understood that hum to mean, we love you, everything is love you should love yourself you don't love yourself why don't you love yourself we love you everybody loves you we are love everything is love and it was just like this mantra over and over and over again and just this feeling of peace and tranquility and the like I said it it was weightlessness then on a different level that I I didn't have the weight of the world on my chest anymore
1: did you feel like you died Um, Did that even cross your mind?
0: No. And and I've I've talked to a lot of people that have been through the same experience, that they feel like there was a sense of them passing over, but I never got that. It was just like, hey, we brought you here to show you this. Instead of, it was not about this is the end. It's about this is your beginning. Let us show you how it works.
1: How did they convey that information to you?
0: It was like I said, it was it was a hum.
1: Describe it. What did that hum? Can you can you mimic it?
0: Um <laughs> no, really. It was almost like a, a uh, oh. it, it, it was a uh, almost like a like primal a mantra. Indian Right, like a like a, a, a native chant yeah. hum. Great. But it wasn't is is you know, as um,
1: it would be so interesting if you could recall that, what that sound really sounded like and see if there was something already out there. What I've discovered through my spiritual path is that, you know, I didn't read books to come to my understanding, but when in the end, when I look back at this hindsight being 2020, my beliefs were discovered thousands of years before I ever found them. And, you know, I think that's uh, sort of what's happening here in a, fast forward type way just uh, it, it dumps it all all of a sudden like boom you'd never thought about it people that take the the path that i went down which was a contemplative path it took you know it takes a very long time decades to come to understandings that it seems like people who are de- doing dmt gain in an instant it's that oneness and love and just you know all the seeing how we're all connected and DMT is somehow opening that gate so that people who have not really dedicated a lot, a big portion of their lives looking for it, all of a sudden get it. True. Uh,
0: tr- very true. It, it It's like, oh, man, see, you read War and Peace. Here's the cliff notes. Wow. Um, it, it was a very, like I said, I had been through a long spiritual journey of belief and disbelief and faith and, and losing of faith and regaining of faith and everything else. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hey dummy, uh, this was the shortcut that you didn't get.
1: What did you get from this?
0: It was a, you know, you know, when I spoke about mushrooms, I said, it's stripping of the ego. I think it was an absolute disillusion, explosion of ego. And, what I keep saying, what what I'm referring to as ego, is that whole, you know, what are you looking at, buddy, mm. of of life, and it was like, no, that's not what this is about. It's it's all love, love one another, express yourself through love, and everything will take care of itself.
1: Oh, isn't that so true? It's true. Um,
0: and listen, I'm not going to tell you that it completely cured me of my mouthiness and of my cynicism or anything
1: else, but. Yeah, it shined a it, light that it's possible. This is a path. And listen, absolutely. this this whole thing, spiritual-wise, it's fleeting. Every bit of it is fleeting. It is a way of living if you want to become conscious of it and remain conscious, right? Because what you learn today is not going to necessarily, if you don't use it, you lose it
0: that's that's right
1: yeah especially in this spiritual world i mean I'm, i i find myself I'm, I'm on every end of the scale actually you know like in the last few i don't know i'd say last 6 7 years i've been quite spiritual but there've been I, I, st- I have days when i just don't feel like meditating i don't want to meditate but i still meditate <laughs> you know you, it's a it's a way of living and um if you don't do those things then you you will feel it you get back what you put out always So, yeah.
0: Right. And I think if anything else, it gave me kind of a, the tools in the toolbox to say, okay, you you say you want to be a better man and a better person, a better dad, a better husband. Love it. I want to give you this and you use it or you don't. And I fail all the time. But what it did is it gave me that contemplative thing where I stop and I go, you know, whereas I, I would tell you earlier in my marriage, my wife came to me with her butt up all on her shoulders and she's like, you owe me an apology. I would have seen her in the depths of hell before I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it would have been, you know, we're going to just fight this out and figure it out. Whereas now I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm being kind of a jerk. I'm sorry. And I understand that.
1: So so you're able to carry that with you most of the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think really it's only about becoming aware of those moments. You know, it's like it's the the experience has shown you that you need to pay attention to that area of your life, and then it's just becoming disciplined enough and aware enough to recognize it when you're behaving that way.
0: You know. Exactly. But because you know, and I've also done therapy um, for the last couple of years to kind of help round all this out. And it does help, you know, in that continuously striving to understand more. And I've been reading a couple, um, morality and philosophy books lately.
1: Did you integrate about, this? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I, I, I absolutely, I integrate everything together. Um, and so there's a, there's an amazing book. It's it's so hard to read. It's harder than any textbook I've ever read. But it's so enlightening, and I love it. And it's humorous, and it's the guy Mike Michael Shure. Um, he was the creator of Parks and Recreation. Um, and he did the 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 Good Place. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And he wrote this book called How to Be Perfect, the The Correct Moral Answer to Every Question, hmm. um, which was kind of inspired by his work on, on The Good Place. Um, and it really is one of those things that makes you stop and think and, and figure things out and you carry with it what you want to, just like everything else. So,
1: What, um, what is one of your biggest lessons you learned from doing this?
0: That at the end of the day, I don't matter. It's what I do and how I'm, and how I, I don't matter. It's how I treat other people and how I manage the relationships in my life that are most important to me that matters.
1: Wow, what a good lesson. My goodness. Would Do you recommend this to other people? Um, Let me ask you this. Who do you think it would benefit?
0: <laughs> Boy, that's a baited question. Um, there are a lot of people that, that I see that are especially hung up in the rules and doctrine of religion Religion, yeah. that I think it would greatly behoove. Yeah. The problem is I'm not sure that they're, and, and this is where I think free people, you, you hear people having a bad trip, right? And I think it's because they're not ready or willing to let go.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a natural instinct. Um, when I tried to, I took a class on how to astral travel and they teach that um, there's a point where your body will start trembling and it does. And it scares you and shocks you back into your body every time. So In the same way, you just have to relax and allow it to happen. And it's a hard thing because the ego wants to hold on, you know. And I think when you talk about dissolving the ego, I'm not sure you ever really get rid of the ego, but you can learn to to manage the ego, you know. We have to have the ego just to, you know, eat breakfast,
0: you know. Exactly, right.
1: But learning how, and that really, that comes down to just becoming aware You know, your awareness, the level of awareness that you gain is the game. It really is the game to become aware that when you say it's, you don't matter. Well, you do matter and you matter just as much as anybody else, but you're putting other people first, probably for one of the first times in your life. And look, it's all connected. Every bit of this at some level is connected. So we all matter. But when you can become aware of your behavior and how it's affecting other people, um, man, you've you've gained, I can't even tell you, it's, it's leaps ahead of the average person. Because most people are self-absorbed throughout their entire day. I saw what? Just reacting to everything that's happening around them, unaware, some of them even knowing what, you know, how what the effect is that they're having on other people, you know. It goes down to something as simple as like when you're driving down the road, just, you know, being a good driver, you know, in every, if you can do that in every moment, which is, I believe is the goal. I mean, you're, that is part of the spiritual path. I believe.
0: It's true. And it, you know, it goes back. I'm, I'm starting to learn, you know, one of my big lessons, I'll say starting to learn. I, one of the things that has occurred to me, because um, I didn't really apply this to a lot of things later in life, <clears throat> was that, you know, when I was um, running security at the Wild Horse back in the day.
1: Yep, we worked together. We
0: did. Um, whenever a situation went down, within reason, I felt like if I got to the situation where I had to put my hands on someone, to remove them from the premises i had lost hmm. so i really did try i really did mm-hmm. um, well you had to, to have some
1: that. discipline to work at the wild horse because you know that was a <laughs> they were
0: <laughs> sodom and gomorrah baby uh <laughs>
1: yeah, sort of yeah I'm,
0: I'm waiting for another couple people to die before i can write the book so i don't get sued
1: <laughs> oh um, my goodness <laughs> keep my name out
0: but uh um, it, it it was it was controlled chaos, but it, anyway, it you know when someone had gotten to a certain point and everything else, if I lost my temper or I let a situation escalate to where I had to grab hold of someone, I never felt good about that after the fact.
1: Tell me how, how did your beliefs change?
0: Um. I read the Bible cover to cover.
1: Oh, yeah. You've told me you read it cover to cover three times.
0: Yes. The first time almost, um, you know, just to say I did it. And then when I started thinking about it and contemplating, I read it the second time to try and go, did I read what I thought I read or was I just plowing through this and misunderstood some things? Um, and so I took a little more time the second time. And then the third time I really dove in, you know, highlighter thought about, okay, did I, okay. So we don't have, um, you know, a voice to hear. Behind that, so what if the tone of voice, and I'm reading this, is different? What if I change the tone of voice? Well, what
1: an observation!
0: You know how how does that change it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it the third time really soured me on the whole ideal.
1: Why? What happened?
0: There was just so much rules and laws and anger Hmm. and misogyny and
1: I agree with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense in in that regard. No. And and, and let me me back up and say, listen, there's a lot of truths in the Bible. So, but some of that stuff like you have described is, yeah, it's a bit of a problem for me.
0: Right. And, you know, I also went back to, and I was like, okay, so I'm down with the red words. And I really kind of like James and the rest of it. I'm just not down with this. I'm not okay with this. As a matter of fact,
1: even the red words, which means the words of Jesus, right? Um, they were passed down. So there's lots of room for error here. People's egos, once again, get in the way and make it say things that they wanted to say or leave things out that need to be there. Um, Yeah, there's, there's lots of problems. Listen, I'm not, I I think religion is a good thing in the regard that it provides a community. It provides purpose, friends, you know, but if your only growth, spiritually speaking, is when you show up to church on Sunday, then you're probably missing the mark just a little bit because we're meant to delve a little deeper. We're meant to. Um, do our research, you know, you have clearly started your path, reading the Bible and man, right. your conclusions, I think were quite helpful. And I'm sure you still use things that you learned in the Bible to this day. Absolutely. Yeah, there's lots of value in it, but it's not the only way. There are many ways to the same destination. Absolutely. But we're taught to believe <laughs> that our way is the only way. If that's what you're taught, you're probably going to go throughout most of your life to believe that, you know, but.
0: And you're closing yourself off to so many more ideals and opportunities.
1: It's true. Yeah. yeah. If you're not, if you're not willing to entertain a bigger picture, then how can you ever learn a bigger picture? It's, it's for real. Yeah. You got to be willing to step outside the box. Your spirituality is not a box. <laughs> It's, no. it's, it's all this stuff. It's every belief. There is no I have, people have a hard time when they hear me say stuff like this. And it takes a lot of contemplation to get here. But there is no right way. There's no wrong way. It's it's all the way. Every bit of it, every decision you make has consequences. And from those consequences will determine whether you're going up and down the scale of growth. <laughs>
0: Well, and, you know, that again, and I know I keep going back to this, but that is the ego. That is, it it. is, you know, that's the the natural way your mind works is to protect you. Yep. And so everything your mind does that you think is all messed up and everything else, really all it's doing is just trying to build a barrier or a box for you to put things in and keep it safe. And so if you're not willing to get rid of that box and understand everything else that's around you that's beneficial that may or may not necessarily fit in your little box, you're missing the point. Yeah,
1: I agree with you on that. What kind of practices do you have in a spiritual sense? Um, it's okay to have none, as as, by the way. It's okay.
0: Well, I mean, as, as far as, you know, I still, um, I talk, to the higher power. Okay. So you, you,
1: when you, you pray, I pray. Okay. And when you pray, are you doing all the talking or do you listen?
0: I talk first and then
1: I listen. Well, Hey, look, that's a good little mixture. You know,
0: yeah. It's, it's just like therapy. Sure. I unload everything, man. And I'm wound up tight and this is, this, and this, and this is going on. And how do I deal with this?
1: Well, that's good. And because I'm, I think that's a good way to go about it too, because um what I've what I grew up around was praying is we're doing all the talking. But you know it's like they say, you know, you, you're not gonna learn anything as long as you're doing all the talking. You already know what you're gonna say. So if you want to learn, you have to listen. And I think that's true when listening to whatever this source thing is, you know. We have to open ourselves up to it, become quiet, intend to listen, and then listen. And if you' become if you become um, aware of the subtle they're, they're, they're subtle messages sometimes in pictures sometimes in sound sometimes they just it might be after the meditation or whatever something you know comes up on television or whatever but if you'll sit and listen that's where you learn the greatest lessons at least it's been that way for me that's been my experience when I learn how to just be quiet quit talking so much. Just be open to what What do I need to know right now? Right,
0: but it's also the, <clears throat> I think the biggest, for me, I'm, I'm going to say this, my understanding and, and for me, the biggest min- misconception about prayer is people pray to ask for things. And I don't think that prayer moves anything I think instead pray for acceptance and understanding for the things that are coming your way
1: that's being grateful and I think that's another portion of it Yeah, you know, for sure
0: right but I don't I, I you know and I know that that's not a popular concept you well, know there's no I mean, reason it wouldn't be popular
1: I mean it's a good concept I mean it really is a good concept oh
0: well, oh, brother, I'm—I'm—I you know, might be a hillbilly, but I'm also definitely in the buckle of the buckle of the buckle of the Bible Belt. So, if somebody's sick and and you prayed for him and they got better, boy, we asked God and He delivered. Well,
1: <laughs> what about when He didn't?
0: Exactly. Now, you, you never hear a, an athlete get up there and go, "You know what? We lost this Super Bowl, and I asked Jesus for another ten yards, and He just—you uh, know—he didn't come See, through."
1: That's so. what I've always—I have sort of found it ridiculous that before. Like ball games that the sports teams were each praying. It's like, you know, did God choose one team over the other? Because I mean, it just it's a little bit ridiculous.
0: Well, if it, you know, if, if that were the case, Green Bay would never win a game.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> I
0: I hear you. Lord help me Jesus and may the, the cheese heads all burn. But anyway, um so but I, I really think it is about that the the acceptance yeah. of you know, this this is going to be a movement in my life. How do I how do I make this positive in my life? How do I deal with it? How do I soldier forward?
1: And how do you do that?
0: You keep calm and carry on. Um No, you see You have to find that silver lining because if you don't it's just you know the Cynicism is the thing that I fight with more than anything else. And if I, if I don't stop myself and sit down and take a deep breath and find that silver lining, I'll drive myself back crazy again and have to take DMT again.
1: Do you think you'll ever do it again?
0: Um, I sincerely doubt it.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's encouraging too to anybody that hears you know about psychedelics. It scares the heck out of them, especially if they've never done it. It sounds so much more than, well, I don't know about more than it really is, cause it's pretty intense. But it's nothing to well, be scared me, well, of, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it, it it's not anything to do with fear. Why I say yeah. no, it was more because my experience was so profound and so life affirming and changing and everything that I, I'm afraid more that I won't have the same experience.
1: So you don't want to do it again.
0: And, and it would be a disappointment. And that, like I said, fighting with that cynicism, it would come through as, well, you know what? It's just a chemical that, you know, made you see all that crap. So no, you know, all, all all those things that were live. No, so I, I, I know real.
1: several people who've done it multiple times, and um, they say every time it's more real than real. You know, that's what's wild about it to hear people describe it like that. That it's more, it feels more real than our known reality. It's yeah, mind bending, really.
0: Right. Absolutely, all day. Um, and that is, but like I said, it's that, it's that trepidation of even, even letting an inkling of that doubt creep in. Um, that would ruin it, and I don't want anything.
1: I see you got what you needed out of it. And That's a good thing because for people, right. I, I didn't finish what I was thinking about the psychedelics. Is some people who don't do them is that they're they're not addictive they're you know you're not going to want to go out and do mushrooms again the next day in most cases if you do a if you do a, a hero's dose of mushrooms you're not going to want to do it again the next day um, there's a good chance you're gonna oh. be good to go for quite a while in fact the effects um, from Johns Hopkins um, study is showing that some for some people it can be years so that's pretty incredible that can you can um, alcoholism. Different addictions that can be resolved in one um, episode, just one, and change it all. Just like you've had a profound experience that turned you into somebody that you weren't. Would you? Is there any right. ounce? And I'm gonna ask each of my, uh, of each of you guys that have done DMT. Is there any ounce of this experience that um, would make you feel regret? no easy
0: absolutely I don't regret a single second of it
1: nothing but good
0: nothing but good I I can also let me preface by saying I do not um I don't necessarily think it's for everybody
1: yeah for sure I don't think it is either just like any any of the psychedelics are for everybody
0: um well, and, and it's really funny because I had, I had a dear, dear friend in college that we ran together and, um, I never even smoked pot until I was 20 or 21. I was about the same. Um, uh, my, my football coach would, would haul our butts to the health department if he suspected anything. And I was always terrified of it. <laughs> okay. Um, Where? and so I never did anything. But um I had a, a buddy in college that he went to college on the GI Bill, so he had been in the Air Force for five or six years. He was older than the rest of us. And um we were all sitting around drinking Jim Beam one night and he looked at me and he went, Hoss, please don't ever do LSD or any psychedelic. Mm-hmm. And I said, What? And he goes, as high strung as you are, I'm terrified <laughs> to think
1: that you'd ever do that. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I bet anybody can handle it, though, if they're <clears throat> under the right circumstances and they had somebody with them, they probably could. But like you said, it, it, it's not for everybody, especially people who have emotional issues of some sort. If you're going through some type of therapy, I mean, um, it's, it's definitely not recommended. In fact, I wouldn't, like you said, I'm not sure that I would recommend anybody doing it by themselves. You probably need somebody there.
0: Right for 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 mushrooms because you've got to you've got to plan that you have to block out time for mushrooms. Yeah, um, because of the the length and the duration yeah, about
1: five or six hours
0: of, of what you're dealing with. Um, DMT very different. You can have somebody come up and say, "Hey, I, I need you come over the house for about thirty minutes, and then we're good." Um, my entire experience, I thought, lasted. Between six and eight hours was somewhere around twelve minutes.
1: If you can real quick, it's going to be impossible, but I'm going to ask you anyway. There was so <laughs> much you you were talking about the lights and then these messages coming to you. Was there anything uh, profound that you that stands out? Was there a being of any sort or yeah anything like
0: there, that? Th- there was there there was a glowing. Oh, boy. I don't even want to say this because I know how crazy it sounds. Just say it. A gl- a glowing reptilian being. He looked very much like the Lewis Gossett character on the movie Enemy Mind, if y'all want to look that up and see. um, I, I know I'm old, and not many people remember that movie anyway. I think it was Dennis Quaid was in it with him. Oh, my anyway. goodness.
1: Yes, you are old. <laughs> no, I'm older than you, so...
0: <clears throat> um, but this being, while all this stuff was going, it was it was all of a sudden it turned in for for a few minutes turned into like a cocktail party, and the, I kind of bumped into him, and he's like, "Hey, man, what are you doing here?" And I was like, "I have no idea." I kind and he we were kind of <laughs> we just chit chatted for a few minutes, okay, about how you know, need to change how things are going. And now whether that was change things within ourselves and how we perceive things and how we manage things and how we do things. And I've never heard anything like this before. And this is beautiful and it's awesome. And this would change everything. And whether that being was a part of this whole dancing lights or whether it had taken DMT somewhere in some other Crab Nebula or whatever and shown up and was like, what's this big fuzzy hillbilly doing
1: here? Oh, my goodness. What a thought. What a um, thought. That is interesting to even think about. Wow. Yeah.
0: Right. It seemed like there were other beings there, but it was kind of like, you know, we were over in the corner. We'd bumped into each other. So it's like before I even got a chance to go and mingle or see what else was going on, it literally was like being poured out of a bucket. Just boom. And you are I was back on my back porch and I'm staring up at the sky and it's brilliant blue for a second. And then everything kind of fades. And I was like, whoa.
1: Oh, when you say it fades, it was over?
0: It, yeah, it was done. It the, the brilliant sky blue and everything went back to regular blue. All the other colors that were brilliant that I was looking at because my eyes were are, are open now. Everything kind of goes back to normal. And the first thought is, you know, well, daggum it, I thought I had latched on to something.
1: So you remember every, every bit of that? bit of it. Oh, my
0: God. Um, and like I said, I really felt like, and, and, and the second thought was I was freaking out because I was like, oh, my gosh, did my wife come home? My kids here? Were they, they come in, and see me asleep on the porch and leave? What's going on? Because I really thought I had been out between five, six, seven hours, whatever.
1: My goodness. You've been partying. You've been to that cocktail all day. Yeah, and then
0: I checked my little Apple Watch, and I was like, what do you mean it's 12 minutes?
1: Wow. Yeah, it's hard for someone like me who hasn't done it to wrap my head around, that's for sure, but it sounds amazing, really. Right, so, so it
0: almost, it, 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 also brought me back. The first thing, one of the first things that I thought of was the verse that, you know, basically time doesn't exist in heaven. That a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. Yeah, there
1: you go. Mm-hmm.
0: And you're like, mm-hmm.
1: man, I'm, I love this conversation so much. I'm I'm so terribly interested in people who've gone through this. As you know, I've mentioned to you that um, I'm I'll have three people that I've spoken to about DMT, and your story is as interesting as any of them. Well, I do have one last question for you, though, and okay. that is, what do you believe happens when we die?
0: Um, I know energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Okay? Now, whether that energy means that I turn into dust and worms eat me and they get that energy and go on. Or whether I pass through into another dimension, I get to go back to the cocktail party. I, I don't know.
1: That's about as honest as you can get, Neil.
0: And 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 so I have developed a new philosophy, which is that of a militant agnostic. What does that mean? Means I don't know, and neither do you.
1: It's true. We don't. None of us really know. <laughs> yep. It's all. I'm like what you said at first. I mean, <clears throat> I believe there's no way to kill this thing. Right. It's got to go somewhere. That's all I really know. All I really know is that it, it doesn't end here. There's no way it ends here. The energy has to go somewhere. Right. This
0: is not a rudderless ship, friend. Yeah.
1: There you go. There you go. It,
0: we, there is a steering in the cosmos, regardless of what you want to call it, what you want, what name you want to attach to it, or anything else. It is steering us, and there are are absolutes that must be adhered to. And the the more that you adhere to, and the better that you make yourself, and your family, and your loved ones, and everyone about you, the better chance you have of ascending instead of just being worm dirt. And, and maybe we just get spanked and sent back and said, yeah, you screwed all that up, pal. Try it over again. You there?
1: I am here. And I'm just, (laughs) I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm thinking, you know, from, from my view, it's, we are it. We're this thing. We are this thing.
0: It's and a collective.
1: We're we're yes. We're we're fragments of this energy, certain types of energy that we are that make us up. But there's no separation in any of it. So even though I've dropped my body, the energy's just off doing whatever it's doing wherever it goes from there. You know that I don't know what happens. What well, my theory is that it just it's like trapped in my body in one moment and then the next moment it's like right outside the body. And then who knows where the hell it goes from there. But it's, it was there one moment and now it's here and consciousness is attached to it. So it's not just energy. It's also something else. And that's the soul.
0: Right. But I also, I don't know that you get to carry that because I don't remember where I was in
1: 1946. Um, no, but it's there. You don't remember it because you're not supposed to remember it. But right. if you were to go under hypnosis, you could remember it.
0: But do I not remember it because I didn't do what I was supposed to do the last time
1: around? It wasn't, wasn't whether you should have or shouldn't have. There's not that, right? There's just consequences no matter which way you turn. It's not that there's, I don't think the that spirit life, nobody really knows, but I don't think it, it's like judging us like that. I don't think it's, see, we man puts labels on shit like that. You know, we right and wrong. My right and wrong is not your right and wrong. So there's all these different shades of right and wrong. They're all the <laughs> They're just different shades of the same continuum. There's no separation from it. I could take, in my right. understanding, I could take that to, it, to apply that scale to anything. Like I look at it in colors. You have black and white. And you have every shade of gray in between that, right? Right. Even in religion, now, I've got my definition. Let's look at what well, even right and wrong, right? Here's the way I think it works. I've right, and there's wrong, and then there's you're right and you're wrong. My just my shade of gray of right and wrong is there. It's a shade on that thing, but it's not the only one. My way's not the only way. All of it. It's all connected. Every bit of it. You know. Right. There is no separation from this thing. There's only one, and we're it.
0: And also, our acceptance or understanding or applying it to ourselves
1: accordingly. Look, here's what's interesting to me about that. My definitions are mine, what I think is right and wrong. We could take the same topic, right? Let's take some extreme um, case like abortion. You know, I believe in it and you don't believe in it. Well, if I do something that I think is wrong, but I go ahead and do it anyway, my response It's like, you know, whether you turn right or left matters, my response from it, God, source, whatever you call this thing, is going to be different than the person who does not think that it's wrong, but they do it, right? Right. It's what I put out. My definitions are what matter. It's not whether it's right or wrong. It's about my definitions about what's right or wrong. So if it's wrong for me, but I do it anyway, the repercussions are not going to be good. It never can be. It can't. Everything we do has a lesson attached.
0: Agreed. Everything. Oh every single Preach, thing. brother preach. Am I preaching? No, you're not preaching. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was raised Baptist, well, man. Sometimes I revert.
1: Well see, I had a I had a vision when I was twenty seven. I told you that. No. Yeah, I had a vision. I was at the Wild Horse and I was backstage one night. <clears throat> I was I started questioning things when I was seventeen.
0: You weren't in the green room, were you?
1: Yeah, sure <laughs> was some some backstage there, there, not the in the green room originally. The
0: green room at the Wild Horse.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> wow, I had no idea. No, but I'm back there, and I'm, we're in one of the dressing rooms, the little tiny dressing rooms, right? And we're having this discussion. I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but at that time of my life, about 27, I had um, I had a 10 year span where I had been questioning everything, and I, I began to kind of get a grip on what I was understanding about 26 or so, 25. And so I'm backstage and I'm trying to explain my understanding to them, but I couldn't articulate it properly. (coughs) And so they were like laughing at me, you know? And I just remember walking away from that conversation so freaking frustrated. And I went to the green room and just as I'm about to sit down in motion to sit down, I kneel. I could, it's, a, it's like trying to describe an acid trip or a mushroom trip or a DMT trip for a moment for a flash. I could see how everything was connected, everything. And I understood it for that split. And then boom, I'm back in my body. I literally was in a, my vision was in a different world, but I'm now back in my body. And what's crazy. I'll never forget. And still to this day, I talk about it almost every day. I brought back the pieces that I had been looking for that previous 10 years where I could say it and explain it in a way that most people seem to identify with. And what I tell people is like, you know, when you hear the truth, you know it. I don't need to convince you of anything because I believe when it comes to spirituality, when you hear the truth, it resonates. You know, whether it feels right or not, if you're willing to listen to that. You'll you'll recognize that it is all connected. There's only one of this thing.
0: Absolutely. And, and and that's one of the biggest problems that I have with church and religion is, you know, they God is love, and then immediately after that is, but the Bible says that you shouldn't do this and this and this and this. wait 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 wait.
1: Yeah, that's just control, man. That's part of religion. Religions of all sorts. It's not any particular religion. They don't have like a no particular one has a monopoly on it. There, it's a control thing, you know. I I think that religion, well, largely, to control people, yes. But also people, I think people who have come to the truth of source and learning how to work with it. You know, we're talking about praying and meditating and um, using our thoughts to, con- I guess, uh, influence our experience. Where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But it's true, whatever I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> man, you, you've been fun to talk to, man.
0: Hey, brother, I love you to death. I always did. I know you don't remember me, but I remember
1: you. Oh, come on, Neil. I, I definitely remember who you are, and I truly appreciate you being here today and sharing your story. And for anybody that's out there listening, if you've had a similar experience, I would love to hear from you, too. All you have to do is reach out to me on my website, or you can call 864 259 2599 And let's hear your story. They're all fascinating to me. If you have a spiritual journey of any type that you want to share with the world, here's your platform. Reach out to me. Thank you for listening. I'm Russ Johnson. It's All Connected.